Welcome to the Cornerstone League podcast, bringing together credit union advocates, thought leaders, champions, and more. I'm your host, Tanya Ditburner, Cornerstone League Director of Communications and Media Relations. And this month's episode is rather special. In honor of Women's History Month, I'm speaking with female credit union leaders who share their perspectives on current issues facing women in the workplace, women they admire, and what others can do to be better allies to women in the workplace. I'm delighted to have Cynthia Campbell with me today. She is the Chief Experience Officer at Balance, a Cornerstone Foundation preferred financial capability service provider. Balance is a national nonprofit that provides financial coaching, workshops, and webinars to help consumers achieve their financial goals through debt reduction, credit score improvement, budgeting, and home ownership. Cynthia is a credit union veteran, promoting the credit union difference through previous roles at Feline Research Institute and Tinker Federal Credit Union. She is a credit union development educator whose passion for financial education is unmatched. Cynthia, thank you for joining me today. Oh man, thank you. What an introduction. So tell me your story, where you've been and where you are now. Sure. Well, I'm a Chicago girl born and raised and um, came up through school and ended up being in the trading world. So I sold trading systems to equity and commodity traders. So I've always loved money. I have an MBA. You know, I've always been interested in finance. Um, But then being in that very male dominated world in the the late 90s, I kind of had enough. And I took a sabbatical and I said, I'm taking the summer off. And that lasted approximately 45 days. And anybody who knows my personality is surprised that it even lasted that long. Um, (laughs) But that is when I found balance where I worked here twice. I work here now. And in 2005, I found balance. They taught me all about credit unions. And that's where I fell in love. Um, So I worked for balance. And then as you mentioned, Tinker Federal Credit Union, where I got to really lead financial empowerment. That's where my heart is. Uh, Went to Filene Research Institute, leading a financial um, incubator to look at products that were designed for low and moderate income people. Um, And then also Oklahoma Central Credit Union, I was VP of Innovation, and then Home to Balance, where my heart is, because it really is on my heart to break the cycle of poverty. So in your experience, what have you observed as a central issue affecting women in the workplace today? Well, you know, my eyes were really opened when I started taking over HR for for balance when I came back. And, you know, I am not a, a mother myself, but when I talk to mothers in the workplace, I'm exhausted to hear what they do before they start their workday with balance, right? Before they even start. I mean, they're up before the sun. They're making breakfast, packing lunches, giving baths, telling people what to wear, directing the traffic, making sure everything's okay. All of this is exhausting before they even get to the desk. And so I'm always going to have to say this work-life balance, I'm kind of tired of hearing about it. Like we have to figure it out. Like, could it be work-life integration instead of balance? Will we ever balance it in a world where work follows us around? Are we ever going to have that balance? Can we somehow integrate better? And as employers be a little bit more giving on that front, Um, especially what we've learned in the pandemic that we can do it and we are doing it um, from our homes as we also teach our children and cook the dinner and, and do all of those things. So I really think we have to, to look at it as an integration and to really address it because 
the pandemic put it front and center. Women are amazing and especially mothers. Maria Martinez, president and CEO of Border Federal Credit Union, had a similar response. She told me that the pandemic has caused some women to take a step backward in the workplace. She also outlined some realities women have faced upon re-entering the workplace after some time away. But first, let's hear her story. I was born in Mexico and my family and I came when I was little. I was about 13 years old. And from there, you know, I started just, you know, going to school and preparing myself. I've had some really good luck with uh, my family having a good foundation. And then from there, I went to school, got a degree in accounting. I started working in the savings and loan arena. And then I went and worked for a credit union in San Antonio, Texas. And then my husband gets a job in Del Rio, Texas. So we moved to Del Rio. And I started working for a credit union, the Border Federal Credit Union at the time. And during the interview, the CEO asked me what I wanted to do. And I said, well, you know, I would love to be a CEO at some point. And then he tells me that he was going to be reti- retiring in three years. So I said, oh, gosh, this would be my opportunity. So he does. In three years, he announces that he's retiring. I applied for the job. And thank God they selected me. And Here I am, you know, 27 years later. What have you observed as a central issue affecting women in the workplace today? Tanya, I think being a mom and working has always been a challenge for many women. And it continues to be a challenge, uh, you know, being a caretaker, sometimes not even just for your children, but for your parents or maybe somebody that lives with you. That has been a challenge for women because we take on that responsibility ourselves. I think women, we tend to always be that motherly figure and and we just wanna do everything that it's in our power to take care of those people that we love. And because of that, women just face a really hard time in dealing with balancing both home life and also your work life. The other thing is during the pandemic, I almost feel like we, some of the women were faced at remaining home because they could not take their children to the caregiver. And so this put a lot of burden on them too. Some of these women, we're already moving up in their career, but because of the pandemic hits, it looks like we almost took a step backwards. What do you think could be done to to help alleviate this, this issue? Well, some of those women that stayed home during the pandemic or that could not come back to work are having to uh, extend that stay at home because now some of the childcare centers are not taking children, maybe they're full. And so we have to be flexible. And the flexibility is where it comes in on us being proactive about helping these women. And, but one of the things that they may face too is when they come back to the workforce, they may have to take a, a pay cut because some employers may seem that the thing that now, you know, you've taken all this, time off, uh, you're not up to date on things. And so I know many women, what they did is when they stayed home, they kept up with, with their career and training themselves, getting certifications. So as women, we need to prepare ourselves for that. 
According to an analysis by the National Women's Law Center of the latest U.S. Bureau of Labor Statistics report, from February 2020 to January 2022, male workers regained all jobs they had lost due to the public health crisis. However, 1.1 million women left the labor force during that span, accounting for 63% of all jobs lost. As credit union people, we are driven by our people-helping-people philosophy, which not only applies to the members served by their credit unions, but also to the people within our own organizations. Let's hear what Cynthia and Maria have to say about the importance of allyship. We'll start with Cynthia. I'm going to go two ways here. The first is, you know, I see a lot of memes about empowered women, empower women. And I have to ask, you know, what exactly am I doing? It's a great thing in theory, sounds wonderful, but what am I actually doing to empower other women? And so, you know, I really have been thinking about this. Little things matter. Think about the things in your career where somebody may be outside of your realm or above you reached out and noticed you were doing a good job and made a big stink about it, right? And, and that did something to your insides. It, it gave you confidence or something, right? And so I look for those opportunities. And, you know, I was just at the GAC, a big vendor hall, you know, the, the bathrooms could be atrocious, right? But they weren't. They were perfect. And I had to use them a lot because I was working a booth and I was in that space. And so that was my bathroom, right? So I met a lady in the bathroom who was cleaning it. And I just mentioned to her, like, it's very rare you find vendor bathrooms so clean. I think you're doing a great job. Is there anybody that I can tell about this? Because thousands of people are using this bathroom and it's been perfect for three days. And I'd like to tell somebody about that. She was so proud. She lit up and I took a picture of her badge and then I called Airmark and I had her name and her badge number and it took about five minutes of my time. And hopefully it picked her day up because I've never had to work in a bathroom, but she did it with such pride. And I just think about our own jobs and are we doing them with the pride that she had, <laughs> you know, and can we recognize those characteristics in people and then blow them up? I think women need to do that for other women. But then I'm going to be honest with you. There's another kind of woman who, who doesn't not only do that, but is a detriment and can tear other women down or the, the competition thing. There can only be one winner who's, you know, like that sort of thing is going to destroy all the good things that we do. So I think that you have to really be careful about some of that toxic stuff and to align yourself with women that really want the best for you and to root it out when it's there and you see otherwise, not every woman is pro woman or pro other woman. <laughs> she might be pro herself, right? There, there's still those folks. And so uh, we have to, to live a life of helping each other. And, you know, I've seen it in all ways. People who are older than me, who had to struggle to get everywhere. So gosh, darn it, everyone's going to struggle. <laughs> Can we not do that? Well, I think both women and men, uh, we need to step it up. We need to be intentional, uh, you know, and the intentional part is it's wanting women to succeed, to move up the ladder. Uh, I think it's, and, and also to pay them uh, to be equitable because there's a lot of inequality on the pay still. Uh, don't, don't penalize for women for staying home, uh, especially during the pandemic. As, um, so we just recently did a salary administration program here at the credit union. Last year, we started doing this. 
because I noticed that our turnover was increasing and I'm going, and maybe not so much for women, but it was both, you know, genders. So I'm going, what is, why are we losing the staff? And so I started looking around the, the neighborhood and the community and sure enough, the, the pay scale, we were, we were way off. And so I went back to my board and my board was very receptive. And so we implemented a new salary administration program that we're going to be doing for the next three years. And sometimes as, as leaders, we may not able to do it all at once, but if we're intentional about doing those things in, a, in, in slow scale, that's okay. And, you know, when we deliver the news to our employees that they were getting a pay increase, there were tears, there were hugs, there were messages. I mean, my emails were inundated from, from our employees saying, you don't know how much this is going to do for my family. And on the intentional part, Tanya, it's not so much on, you know, just putting out the ad and trying to choose a person of color or a pearl woman. I think the intentional part is, you know, there's good talent out there. Look at the talent. And if you have, you know, two people, male and female, but they both are at, at the same level, you know, you can get the, the same out of both of them. Then, you know, be intentional about hiring that woman. Give her an opportunity. Give her a chance to shine. So one of my favorite quotes is from a Native American writer named Linda Hogan, who said, be still, they say, watch and listen. You are the result of the love of thousands. So I feel that translates into the workplace a little bit. We wouldn't be here having this conversation without the perseverance and talents, strength and gumption of women who blazed the trail before us. Can you tell me about a woman who has done that for you in your career or life? Tanya, I'm gonna start with my foundation and that's with my family. Uh, so I grew up with my aunts because they had moved to the States and they're the ones that when I came to visit one time, they said, hey, why don't you stay? And so all my family went back to Mexico and I stayed with them and they enrolled me in school. I was only 13 at the time. But so I've had really good role models in my family, my aunts and my mom. I mean, they were people that were, they probably their highest education was junior high, eighth grade. But the way they embraced ourselves and the way they, they did our foundation so that we can build on it, it's always, you know, do good, work hard, and, you know, life would be good for you. And I've used a lot of that. You know, these were not highly educated women, but I think life has taught me to be strong and to overcome barriers, you know, that would eventually will get them to, to live a better life. I think these women, they, they lived a better life because they were so positive. And to me, I learned from people that are positive. Uh, you know, those teachings that are instilled in me, they're just priceless. You know, you just live with them. And, and then during my career too, I, I've learned from a lot of other women, successful women within our industry. I pay attention to them. I follow them. I, I like to learn from them. Definitely. I would have to say uh, Lois Kitsch. And the reason is, is because Lois saw me. 
you know what it means to be seen, right? Like to really be seen. Like I was a, a diamond in the rough, but she, she saw me and, you know, I went through the DE program and she was the facilitator and I got to know her. And then I was able to volunteer um, to be a mentor in a PNP program, Principles and Philosophy, way back when in Cornerstone and Lois was leading that. And then she asked, could I be a mentor in, in the full program? I said, absolutely. Like anytime around Lois, sounds good to me. Um, and so after those three times of hanging around her and sharing with her the work I was doing at the Tinker Federal Credit Union with low and moderate income, she put me together with a, a job at Filene. She had heard that the Filene Research Institute just got a huge grant from the Ford Foundation to find and scale products for low and moderate income people. She knew my heart around those people because she knew my work at Tinker. She heard me and saw me. And all she did is like introduce me to the right people, George Hoffheimer, a great boss of mine. And I learned so much at Filene. I'm so grateful for my time there, all that I learned and the credit unions that I got to know and love, right? So she connected me. And I think that's one of the most powerful things that we can do for other women is to connect them to the right people. I'll be forever grateful to know Lois and to have worked at Filene and to have done that incubator. It was so much fun and I learned a ton I could barely call it working. So if you could go back and deliver a message to yourself at the beginning of your career, what would that message be? You know, the beginning of my career, as I shared earlier, was more on the for-profit side of money, right? Helping traders with their data and uh, real-time trades. So I think I would have switched over to the nonprofit side. I work at Balance, we're a national nonprofit. Um, credit unions are not for profit. That's where my heart belongs. And I spent way too many years on the other side, you know, um, and it was lucrative. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, but it, it didn't have my heart. And now I can't imagine not having a job that didn't have my heart. Like it's foreign. I'm not interested in it. Um, and, and I spent a good chunk of my early career um, in that space of making money, doing the thing, but not loving what I do. And so I could move backwards and do that over, I would have moved to a career that had my heart early on. And I hope as a recruiter in the credit union space, I, I recruit for balance. We have to help younger people realize how awesome credit unions are so that they'll want to come and work here. You know, they're causal. We're causal too. Like, let's talk about that some more, right? Um, and, and get that out there because there's great careers in this space. I've, I've lived a very happy life and, and I'm very content with the things that I've accomplished. I probably would have prepared myself maybe better educational wise. Um, I never went back to get my master's because I concentrated on, uh, you know, make sure that I was excelling within my career. So that would be probably the, the one thing that I would concentrate on becoming more educated. But, but I can tell you, Tanya, even nowadays, I still learn. I'm still learning every day. I try to learn at least one thing. And I think as women or as individuals, we should always get up in the morning and say today, what am I going to learn today? And, then, you know, just concentrate on one thing. And then the other thing that I, that I always concentrate on is what good am I going to do today? So maybe complimenting somebody or maybe opening the door for somebody 
whatever it is, but do that one good thing every single day. You have just listened to part one of the Cornerstone League podcast's two-part Women's History Month series. Many thanks to Cynthia Campbell and Maria Martinez for their time and wisdom on this very important topic. Stay tuned for the second part of the special series featuring Cornerstone League President and CEO Caroline Willard and Allegiance Credit Union Chief Marketing Officer Kristen Vaughn, who will share their stories with us. Until next time.